What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Take the Black Live, the one and only show on the internet where we go over all things sci-fi, fantasy, movies, TV, dragon swords, space lasers, things like this, every week. I am Dan Selke, that's Daniel Roman, and we're going to have a civil discussion about all those things I just mentioned. Thanks for joining us today. Hi, Julie. Hey, Martha. Good to see you here. Can't wait to share our um, thoughts and opinions with you. Daniel, what are we talking about today? Wow, this is so nice. This is like the ASMR episode of Take the Black. I'm all here for it. I didn't bring anything to click on a microphone, but I am excited that we have stuff to talk about. Um, Hi there in the chat. Martha, hey Julie. Good to see all you guys. Um, I'm going to stop talking quietly because for some reason, it's taking more energy to do that than to just talk normally. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) no, we have a good show for you guys today. Uh, We've got Westeros stuff to talk about as always we've got middle earth stuff to talk about that is wild and ridiculous and you have to hear it to believe it and even then uh you probably won't believe it um we have a controversy to get into probably shouldn't uh and yeah talk about what we've been watching what we've been reading all the latest and greatest uh dan how are you doing today you ready to get right into it i am let's begin and yeah we do have there is some there is some controversy in the world of um, fantasy and science fiction books. What does that look like? Stay tuned. Yes. But first, let's hit up uh, yes. some Western stuff. Hello, Nicole. Good to see you. Um, so as always, there's updates flown in about House of the Dragon and Game of Thrones. We have a new report about the release date for House of Dragon Season 2. They keep kind yes. of changing it. Or rather, just random people keep saying things that we keep reporting every time as if it's the official one. The newest one, which does come from a pretty yeah, good that. source, HBO CEO Casey Bloys, very high up, doesn't get higher than that, except for Zaslav, mm-hmm. uh, said, I think it might have been doing an award show that it's going to come in early summer. House of the Dragon season two, yes, early summer from the CEO. Matt Smith said August, but what does Matt Smith know? He's an actor. Uh, HBO CEO Casey Bloys, highly positioned. 
He's up there. So I'm going to take his word, hopefully June or July. Yippee-ki-yay. Yeah, and this kind of lines up with some rumblings that I, I want to say Variety had reported on that they heard early summer was what HBO was shooting for. So, yeah, uh, so this is contradicting what Matt Smith said, which was August. But again, like, like you said, I'm we're going to trust the the he's the CEO now. He used to be the programming president. He's the honcho at HBO. So obviously, if he's saying early summer, we're going to listen. So that's the the news with House of the Dragon. We could be watching it in June or July, uh, which is exciting. Um, it's good. But that is, it is good. It's also far from the only Westeros stuff we have to talk about today because Mr. Blois was feeling uh, benevolent. He felt like giving us lots of things to uh get excited about he also mentioned the other game of thrones spinoff a knight of the seven kingdoms the hedge knights um and basically said that is which is based on duncan egg if you don't know they're making a duncan egg show obviously you know otherwise how did you get here um that is still slated to start filming later this year according to ploys um so what do you think dan are we expecting that in 2025 yeah, I think that's what they're aiming for. This kind of smaller scale Game of Thrones spinoff series about, um, you know, a knight and a squire wandering the earth, solving problems. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I, I think it's it seems pretty obvious, right? They're aiming for like a House of the Dragon one year, Night of the Seven Kingdoms the next year, and then switch back and forth kind of sure. plan. I get it. It's smart. I I'll just repeat my fear. I just hope they're not jumping the gun on the house the, on uh, out of the Seven Kingdoms. It does seem awfully quick. I assumed it, this would take longer to develop, but um, if they do a great job, I'll be happy. If 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 modern TV studios no longer have the ability to produce one season of a hot show per year, given that TV shows on this level are basically like movies now. Okay. Maybe a mm -hmm. solution is to make two shows, have them concurrent and have one per year. At least it's not four star Wars shows per year. At least it's not three Marvel shows per year. Um, it's acceptable, yes. but you watch yourself McCoy. <laughs> yeah, I think this is, I'm, cautiously optimistic because it is night of the seven kingdoms that is a slightly you know it's a more contained story it, it's not like they're trying to launch two game of thrones sized things at the same time hopefully in theory um whenever i think of a night of the seven kingdoms as a tv show i kind of picture it more as like almost like self-contained miniseries because that's what mm -hmm. the the stories are they're each a little self-contained novella dunk and egg go on uh, i don't want to say an adventure typically they get embroiled in backstabbing politics because it's game of thrones um but yeah i could get behind the the one every other year uh i'm not too nervous that they're diving right in and maybe part of that is because um you know if they waited until house of the dragon was done to try to do the hedge knight I wonder how much input George R.R. Martin would be able to have, like, you know, just on these these television programs that are going to span like a decade or however long to be produced. It's like I can see why there might be a little bit of a fire because he's an older guy to like be getting them in the pipeline so that they really have him as a resource. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, mean, I, so. I, I guess 
the counter to that argument is saying that if they waited, he might finish another <laughs> Duncan Egg novella. But also, you say that, you'll be laughed out of the room. So I, you're probably more on the money. I Yeah, I think with the Duncan Egg novellas, I know George has said he wants to write a bunch more of them. I'm sure he will of write more of them. Uh, but that's one of those things where I, I'm not really holding my breath like... A dream of springs more important than Duncan. Let's let's be real here. Um, so we'll, we'll see. Um, but yeah, so that happened. However, uh, you know, because Casey Bloys heard your personal fears, Dan, about their Game of Thrones cinematic universe, he wants you to know that uh, they're not developing any other spinoffs right now or they have them in development but they're not actively working on making others so he said this is a quote from him i think with a show like game of thrones when somebody reads that something is in development there becomes an expectation that that is being shot which is not the case so right now the only two things that are greenlit are house of the dragon obviously and the hedge knight uh i just want to know even casey bloys shortening the title here to the hedge knight the logical choice uh there are a lot of other projects in development but i don't have anything imminent to report so that includes obviously the john snow show uh not uh-huh. greenlit not really doing much right now aside from people mulling it um so yeah that that's what's going on with the spinoffs does that make you feel any better about all this yeah, of course it does. Again, HBO has reputation, a long forged, carefully built reputation on making quality and going slow and steady and not overreaching. But it's a new time. They're owned by Warner Brothers Discovery, um, who are forging ahead with a lot of stuff. And you, I don't know. I, I just have this fear that one day he'll, he'll come out and say, like, um, it's time for to to release the game of thrones um uh blockchain tv show or something because that is what they should be doing under un, under david zaslev not yet still classy but i'm a little nervous although um the old showrunners of game of thrones david benioff and dan weiss they had a fun little interview where they talked about um the possibility yeah. of returning to the westeros universe to maybe work with the john snow show purely for fun purely speculative but saying that, like, uh, maybe when we're 80 and Kit's approaching, Kit Harrington's approaching retirement, he can throw that cloak on again with real gray in his beard for one last ride. Yeah. So they could return to do, like, the Jon Snow as an old man show, like, 40 years from now. Which, cool, sure, why not? Now, that would be fine. Yeah, I would be okay with that. I feel like if you're going to do, you know, a sequel to A Song of Ice and Fire, it's essentially what a Jon Snow show would be. Like, don't rush into it. Take your time. Come come back. There's something cool about that, seeing someone come back like years later where it doesn't feel yeah. something like that doesn't feel quite as much like a we're cashing in on this real quick to try mm-hmm. to make a bunch mm-hmm. of stuff. It's like, you know, if someone's going to come back when they're that much older, there, there's got to be some sort of passion behind it. Um, but they also said uh, I didn't copy the, the quote into our uh, document here, but they also said that they think it would be better. Uh, in the shorter term, if there was a fresh team working on it rather than totally. them coming back. So they're not really gunning to do the Jon Snow show. But like, would no. they do it with Kit Harrington? Probably if if it came down to it. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Julie asked in the chat, have they done any casting for Duncan Egg? Um, we don't know. We think they've started because there was a casting announcement that went out, I want to say late last year, that sounded very, it was from, I believe, the casting company that's doing Duncan Egg. And it said the role sounded a lot like Dunk and mm-hmm. Egg. Um, so we think they might have started casting it, but they haven't announced anyone yet. So. We'll, you we'll figure keep an eye on that. They would have had to. I mean, if they're going to shoot this year, like in the summer or whatever, they yes. have to be moving along or they're not going to be ready in time. But um, they're not broadcasting at any rate, which is different than like that Harry yeah. Potter show they're making, which they announced like basically <sighs> the day after somebody had the idea, they just said they're making it. And <laughs> oh, and only now they're getting around just kind of talking about moving forward with it that was way 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 too early but uh it's i don't know again that's that's yeah i'm not i don't work there yep it blows my mind with stuff like that because in my opinion and like this is something that was in that mcu book that i was reading that was like a mcu the reign of marvel studios it's a really good like behind the scenes on on how marvel built their kingdom basically (laughs) um talked about how one of the issues with this current era of marvel and star wars was that the new ceo of disney bob chapik who he -hmm. was the ceo for a brief period and then bob Iger came back uh because they basically the board and Iger they all felt chapik wasn't doing a great job one of the ways he didn't do a great job was pressuring marvel and lucasfilm to announce a bunch of things that they weren't really ready to announce and this was i want to say in like 2020 or 2021 this was the the time that marvel came out and was like here is phases four five six and these are a bunch of projects that we aren't even remotely going to start developing <laughs> for Rogue like Squadron years and, yeah. um yeah same with lucasfilm so i'm totally with you on the harry potter thing where it's like you guys are really jumping the gun with this um but i also really don't care about the harry potter thing anyway so i i don't have a horse in that race aside from to scoff at it maybe we'll do a show one day we bring out the harry potter stuff uh what a complicated thicket uh but for now Let's move forward with another big yeah. show that's coming up this year. I know this year will mark the return of the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power over on Amazon Prime Video. Now, yeah. okay, this show, ancient history, Lord of the Rings, obviously everybody knows, everybody loves, a whole generation came sure. up on the books, 
another one come up on the movies. Like it's it's it doesn't really get bigger than this name. Everyone knows the contours. One Ring of Power, sure. Hobbitses, Dragonesses, Filthy Hobbitses, Wizards, all that good stuff. Um, the Rings of Power, the first season came out opposite House of the Dragon in 2021, and it found a audience, but it had some pushback it set thousands of years before the Lord of the Rings story we know. It's got some familiar characters, and I enjoyed it more or less, but it did have a bit of a feeling of um, a kind of marketing pitch in search of a good idea. Like, why does it really exist? What story do you really need to tell with this? I like parts of it. I didn't like other parts of it. I was entertained. I was bored. It was fine. They spent a lot of money on it. And it's coming back. Yeah. And Daniel, I understand that um, 4chan, which is about the most reliable place on the internet that you can possibly <laughs> seek out. It's uh, yeah. It's not as bad as it used to be, but it's a place known for pretty wild rumors. Um, has it's still a high a report? Of, yeah, scum and villainy. Well, because 8chan is yeah. way way worse, but uh, because they because they because oh, they're like too bad for 4chan. Oh, we don't want to get into what it. What about 12 chan? Is 12 chan okay? Exist. And don't speak it into existence oh, okay. either. Let's not go there. <laughs> um, 4chan is a place where people share some pretty crazy stuff. So naturally, yeah. we're going to talk about what we're talking about. They shared a whole cache of reports rumors wild yeah. speculation about what's coming in the rings of power season two we do are not saying any of these are true but they're too crazy not to discuss before we speak about this do you want to say anything about the veracity of these rumors like how seriously are we to take yeah this? i do so here's what I would say about these. Uh, so these really started gaining a little more traction because the one ring.net reported on them. And that's, uh, sure. you know, a fairly large uh, Lord yeah, of the Rings fan site. Um, and the thing that made me not dismiss all this outright, because some of these are really crazy, um, mm -hmm. was that the one ring.net said they had already independently verified around 40% of the claims being made. Gotcha. Um, so through their own secret channels, they had already heard some of this stuff. And then there was around half of it that was new to them that they, that blew everyone's minds and their discord server melted and whatever else. So, <laughs> I mean, we're you guys, so you listeners, you're going to get no, when we get to the ones where it's like this, cannot be true there's no way this madness could be true um so i think maybe we can kind of like grade these as we go through them on, oh, on the veracity of how true we think these are because some of them i think are probably on point uh there are one or two in particular that i would be surprised if they didn't happen others it's like uh, there's they would really have to have you know really gone off the rails to make these decisions so yeah that that's the gist that's what i, I like think it. um so shall we get into it Let's you ready it. what is absolutely okay. going to happen in the rings of power season two according to partially verified rumors coming out of fortune yeah yeah um so the first and probably most important thing in this rumor. And I don't know if this is something that the one ring.net 
had already confirmed as well. Although they did say it, it seems like this is something that's being discussed openly at mm-hmm. Amazon. Uh, and that is that Amazon has secretly acquired the rights to use material from the Silmarillion in the Rings of Power season two. Uh, so the Silmarillion obviously being uh, Tolkien's oh, book, which covers the first and second ages, which Amazon did not have the rights to use material from, which put them in a weird catch 22 where they could use Lord of the Rings stuff. They could use the appendices primarily, um, but they could not use the actual stuff from the actual book that covered this time period. Um so this obviously is a huge game changer. Uh, the Silmarillion has never been, you know, uh, the rights have never been given out by the Tolkien estate. So if this is true, it's a big deal. Um, what do you think on this one, Dan? Do you, do you think this is true? Do you think this is madness? I'm going to say false. Uh, and my yeah? reasoning why? being, why would they only get it now? Like if you're Amazon, and you have all your billions. Why would you have waited until after you made the first season of a multi-season Lord of the Rings show to do this? Like you, you've so already locked yourself into the the story about an age that's not mostly covered in that. It just feels weird. Yeah. Also, I wonder if it's possible to do a deal of this magnitude and keep it secret in this day and age. So I'm gonna guess false. Yes. Yeah, this is one of those things where it's like, if it's true, why wouldn't Amazon be shouting this from the rooftops? Sure. Because it is a huge deal and it, and it would probably give people, you know, some confidence, maybe a little, a, little, a little more confidence to know that they have these rights. I think, so here is the, the imagined scenario I have in my head of why they mm-hmm. might have gotten them now. I imagine if Amazon got rights for the Silmarillion now, it wasn't like they just decided they needed them now. It was maybe the Tolkien estate finally decided to give them to them now. Okay. Um, and the way I, I could see that happening, and I don't know very much about the Tolkien estate. This could be totally off. But if Amazon okay. was able to come back to them and be like, here's this show we started. It's doing, you know, in our opinion, pretty well. We have ideas for season two that we think we need bits of the Silmarillion to pull off. Um, And we're going to get into this in a second because there's a specific scene from the Silmarillion that was in this report. Um, And, you know, would you maybe let us uh, let us do that? Give give us the rights just enough that we could do these scenes we want to do. Because the one ring dot net did know this is most likely, if it's true, a one off thing. It's not like Amazon can just do a Silmarillion, Baron and Luthien show. It's like they got the rights to use Silmarillion material in this season is kind of the way they framed it. But yeah, I, it's questionable at best. What a good racket um, to be in, to just be able to sell off tiny bits of permission for between millions of dollars. Like, give yeah. me a million dollars and you can talk about this elf. Okay, what else is on the rumor list? So kind of related to that, uh, we're going to see... I need to give a spoiler warning here. This is all unsubstantiated. It could all be nonsense, but if you care about spoilers, be be aware we're going to talk wild speculation about season two. Um, We're going to see 
Sauron's backstory in season two. And this is where the Silmarillion stuff comes into play. Apparently, the first okay. episode is going to be fairly self-contained about Sauron's backstory. And it's going to cool. start with the scene where Iru or Iluvatar, um, that's God basically in Tolkien lands, made the Valar and Maiar. Um, so there's this scene at the beginning of the Silmarillion where he sings, they sing everything into existence. The report says season two is going to start with that. Um, opinions on this? Cause you're more That's... familiar with the Silmarillion than I am. Yeah. I always thought it was Eru Iluvatar, but I, you're probably a right. scholar. <laughs> it would make, I mean, this is something that you should see if you're making a rings of power show, Lord of the Rings show about the prehistory totally. of Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Sauron's backstory makes sense to cover. Uh, he's like an angelic being as is Gandalf our, as our other folk who were sung into existence by God in the, in, in, in the long, long ago in the formless void. Um, it'd be yes. cool. I'd like to see it. I think it's a good idea. Same. Um, yeah, if they could do it, this makes more sense. And, and maybe you're right. Perhaps they did buy bits of the right to the Silmarillion piecemeal, which <laughs> does sound crazy to me. I want to be in charge of that um, and do it. So I'll, I'll go ahead and rate this one as the ring of accuracy. Ooh, okay, okay. Um, so kind of related to this, this is the, the flip side of that where it's like, Hey, that sounds kind of reasonable. Here's the unreasonable side okay. of the whole Sauron backstory thing. Apparently Sauron. Apparently. So, you know, you remember Adar, the elf played by game of Thrones, yeah, veteran sure. Joseph Molly, um, man. So he evil elf, man, he has a grudge against Sauron yeah. and it's, it has been said that where that grudge st stemmed from is that Sauron had a son oh. whom Adar murdered in cold blood. Um, and that's why there's that line in episode six of the first season where uh, Hallbrand, before you know he's Sauron, he's got Adar at spear point. And Adar's like, did I hurt someone close to you? Uh, a woman, perhaps a child. And there's a dramatic pause. So I guess Sauron's a daddy. How do we how do we feel about that? How awful. I mean, um, I think <laughs> it it sounds like the kind of bad decision a writer would make. So I can believe this is true. <laughs> I don't like it, though. Uh, um, the idea of, you know, the, the, the Lord of the Rings mythology that Tolkien created is one of the more sacrosanct world building compendiums in yes. fantasy like it, it's not like you're just kind of yes anding your way into making a new magic system for your for your fantasy book like this has been around for decades it matters to people it's been studied in a scholarly way and for you to add like Sarah had a kid now like that feels disrespectful and stupid to me and like changing something yeah. that you know, has a rich history and should be respected for the sake of like fridging a kid and giving your TV protagonist motivation. I don't like it now. OK, I don't like it. I can believe yeah. they do it, though. Like this, I'll say this sounds like the kind of bad decision a hack TV writer would make. So I think this one sounds true, but I do not like it. God, insane. Yeah, I, I kind of, I agree with you. This sounds 
plausible like someone could have made this decision but i also wholeheartedly agree that it's a terrible decision if if true because like you said like like this is story lore it's not you know sauron's kind of like the original dark lord of fantasy stuff making him just suddenly a a dad with you know who's misunderstood because his kid died like that's just a really weird decision especially because tolkien's mythology is so you know i don't i i'm gonna say religious Uh, let's just say religious i think he's better about coding it than c.s lewis was but he also was pretty explicit about some of those themes working in and that that is especially true for the this period of like the silmarillion lore like the eru you know creating the Maiar and valor they're basically angels and you know Mm -hmm. lesser angels so to then be like this lesser angel just like had a kid that'd be kind of like you know i'm struggling editing to think of a good example if you found out gandalf had a kid somewhere yeah almost like editing the bible a little bit um so it just it feels like a questionable decision but like you said one i could see someone making um especially cool. given how season one went uh brace this for that. next one, one though brace for daddy sauron he's real sad uh let us know in the chat <laughs> how you feel about daddy sauron um hey fantasy fan uh says i heard these rumors on the youtube channel nerd of the rings who knows what's true fun guessing though yes totally agree um this next one i will if this is true this the show is doomed (laughs) that's my (laughs) opinion on this next one uh which is that so dan you remember tom bombadil right from the books he didn't appear in the movies he's a merry happy-go-lucky boot and galoshes wearing forest spirit thing who can do anything and be anywhere but prefers to just sing jolly happy songs about his um river wife yes as forest spirit thing guys do um, they caught him yeah, from most so adaptations because he's just like why are you here yeah, he Frodo and Sam just kind of stop off and stay with him for a bit at the beginning of mm-hmm. the Fellowship of the Ring, and then they go on their way, and he's never really mentioned again. Uh, his wife, Goldberry, or his his love, I don't think it's technically his wife. Oh, um, so the, the report says that Tom Bombadil and Goldberry will appear uh-huh. in season two, which on the surface, I'm like, ooh, that's, I wouldn't hate, he's an immortal forest spirit guy. I don't hate the idea of him being around during this time. The thing that is sketch about this is mm-hmm. that uh, so during the Eru singing everyone into existence scene, we're supposedly going to see Melkor or Morgoth, the the original Dark Lord. Um, so we'll see an actor play that that part. What the rumor says is that Tom Bombadil will be played by that same actor and on. Un- and Goldberry will be played by the same actor who played Ungoliant. Uh, Ungoliant being <laughs> the giant spider, primal spider who birthed Shelob and was an ally of Morgoth's in the First Age. So they were reborn uh, as Tom Bombadil and Goldberry and are serving a penance uh, set out for them by Mandos, who I assume is Eru or or one of the Valar Uh Correct yeah, me because you probably know and I don't. He's uh, one of so, Melkor's colleagues. Yeah. Okay. 
So this sounds insane. There's no way, right? No. Like no, there's no th- way. There's no. This 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 had better freaking be false. That's just yeah. stupidity on a level that I don't even think the hackiest of writer would really contemplate. Why? To what end? Yeah. Agreed. So um to let's just hope end? it's not true and move on. Be funny. Be very, very yeah, funny. Though. Agree. I th- Yeah. It it would. It'd be funny in a this is now a bad, a good bad show type of way. Um, and uh, maybe also tellingly, the the leak for this said the long held fan theory that Tom Bombadil is Morgoth. And like, I've never <laughs> met anyone who's ever heard of that fan theory. So mm-hmm. I think they were just trolling with that one. Um, but here's one that's a little more plausible uh, because they set it up in season one. So another part of these rumors are that Galadriel's husband, uh, Celeborn, or Celeborn. I'm sure I'm saying all these names wrong. I think it's Celeborn. Uh, I believe they have scholars. the hard Irish okay. seas, like Kyrian Sweet. and stuff so, like that. Yeah. Okay. Celebrimbor. Celeborn. Uh, so Celeborn, uh, Galadriel mentioned him in season one. That's her husband. She thinks he's dead. We've all seen Lord of the Rings. Galadriel's husband is not dead. Uh, so the rumor is that he, Sauron, will pretend to be him to trick the elves because Sauron is a shapeshifter. We didn't really mm-hmm. see that in season one. We're going to see multiple actors play Sauron in season two. Is That's a, a wider rumor than this. So that was something that was already, people were already talking about various actors playing him before these rumors came out. Um, so Sauron will trick people by pretending to be Celebrim, Celeborn. That's the one. Too many C names. That's the one. And then in the season two finale, Galadriel and Cele- the real Celeborn will actually be reunited. Um, thoughts on this one? Dumb. I mean, uh, this again sounds like <laughs> um, plausible bad decision, though. I mean, that just kind of repeats the first season where you think Sauron's someone else for the entire season and it turns out to be Sauron at the end. Like they do it again. Also, what's Sir Rogers following the book where he appears as a beautiful, angelic being who helps out the elves? Uh, you don't have to add in like a soap opera. My dead husband is back from the dead plot into that. Um, and again, it's it's repetitive. So I can believe it could happen, but I don't like it. True. Yeah, I agree. True, but bad. I kind of agree with that because... It makes sense. And they set it up in season one mm-hmm. uh, because that the mention of Caliborn in season one already made me be like, what are we doing here? Because he's there's never a point in the books where it's assumed Caliborn is dead by Galadriel. Uh, and mm-hmm. there was just no setup. She just kind of casually dropped this bit of information at one point in the show. And then he's never mentioned again. Um, So they clearly have some sort of plan for him. Um, and... <laughs> You know, speaking of maybe bad TV decisions, I could see something where, because don't forget, Galadriel is the only one who knows Sauron's identity at this point in the Rings of Power. So I could see him coming back and like blackmailing her to be in with the elves because she's technically keeping the secret that Sauron helped the elves make the Rings of Power for some reason. She didn't tell anyone that. Um. So maybe he'll come back uh, and then they can get the romantic uh, tension between Sauron and Galadriel for a second season in a row. 
as he blackmails her. We are really talking ourselves into not liking this show, aren't we? I didn't mean to be this down on it. Just um, <laughs> now that I'm talking about these possibilities, I'm like, I don't want to watch any of this. Okay, well, here's one that I do want to watch. Uh, okay. So this is a spoiler. And this, I think of everything in the the leaks, this is the most likely to pan out. And that is that Celebrimbor, that's the elf who made the rings uh, with Sauron mm-hmm. at the end of season one. He will get his head lopped off late in the season, Ned Stark style. Mm-hmm. Um, and that will happen during probably episode seven or eight, which we have. So this is not even speculation. The director of episode seven has said it is a huge battle episode. And right. we're basically expecting to see the the sacking of a region is kind of like what the leading fan theory is. So Sauron and Adar bringing their dark forces to a region, which is like the, the region, the elves primarily live on, on middle earth. Um, and destroying it. And Celebrimbor, I bl- correct me if I'm wrong, he does die in the book. So this would he be does, accurate, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, it's, okay. so he has his think? head lopped off, but, um, you know, it's it's more accurate than most of what they do. So, sure, I'll give this one a yeah. pass. Yeah, I'll give this one a pass, too. Um, I, this, like I said, of everything in this, that's the one I think the most will pan out. And then the very last one to just touch on briefly. Uh, So the stranger that is the beardy guy who is most likely Gandalf, uh, this like outright refers to him by Gandalf's other names like Mithrandir and stuff like that. Uh, Apparently we'll see how Gandalf meets Shadowfax and some stuff about the great line of horses in season two. What's your opinion on this one, Dan? Is is Shadow Facts three thousand years old? No, <laughs> no. Well, so what I read, and again, I'm not super well versed in the lore, is that this line of horses isn't even around during the Second Age. So whatever they do, maybe he's an immortal horse. That's why he's so fast. He's had thousands of years to train. I'm fine with them uh, going into the line of horses. I don't want Shadowfax to have been one of the immortals. Okay, that's fair. I think I can get behind that. Um, so that's the gist with the Lord of the Rings news. Uh, let's close this. Fantasy fan said something interesting that I I want to touch on here as we move on. So mm-hmm. they said, I think we're all into this rumor news because we're patiently waiting for real news to come out for the show. And I agree with that because so one of the other things that the one ring.net pointed out is that the official rings of power Twitter, I don't think has posted since like July of last year, maybe. So like this is kind of the opposite tack that Amazon took with season one, where they had announced a release date like two years ahead of time. And like, you know, they put out all those posters eventually and stuff like that. Like we don't know anything about when we should actually expect the rings of power season two um apparently there was um amazon has taken it off of its like for your consideration emmy site uh so there are like signs that they are kind of dragging their feet with the marketing for this 
so yeah, fantasy fan, it has been a long time uh, since we've had any real official word from the show. Um, what are your thoughts on that, Dan? Do you think that's like cause to be worried? Do you think the show could get pushed back to 2025? Yeah, possibly. It is an eerily quiet because, you know, House of the Dragon before yeah. it and the Rings of Power went head to head. And we've already had a full trailer for House of the Dragon season two. We've had teasers. We've had yeah. photos. Um, they're getting the word out and it's been weirdly quiet. We know there have been done filming for a long time. So we know there's something to show. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I... I mean, it was always inevitable that they would rethink some of these big expenditures um, now that the yeah. streaming wars are kind of entering a new phase where studios are being more careful about what they spend tons of money on. And Amazon has mm -hmm. made some stupid investments. Uh, Citadel comes immediately to mind, that big, expensive spy show that I think costs even more than the Rings of Power that, like, I think me and maybe four, really? four people watched. Um, the Rings of How Power that also cost more than the wow. That's what I read. That's crazy. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Leonardo DiCaprio got hundred million dollars in salary. I don't know. Um, so it's it's odd. It it it, it it's worth noting, and yeah. it might well get pushed back. Maybe they want to retool it or something. Maybe because they made Tom Bombadil into Morgoth, and now they think it's a bad idea. Yeah, I mean, I still you know wonder if we. I almost wonder if we could see the the releases flipped and see Wheel of Time season three come out ahead of that Rings of Power. Um, because I think Wheel of Time is in an interesting position where if they followed up relatively quickly with a third season and that third season is adapting the fourth book, The Shadow Rising, which is like widely considered one of the best ones, um, mm -hmm. um, that show could really take off. Amazon, maybe invest a few more dollars in uh, your fantasy redheaded stepchild show, The Wheel of Time. Because honestly, like if we can just be honest, The Wheel of Time was all they needed in the first place. They didn't need to make this Lord of the Rings show, but it's here and I will happily yes. watch it when it comes along. Agree on all counts. So, yeah, that's the gist with The Lord of the Rings. Um, next uh, thing we have to talk about is there was some controversy in the fantasy and science fiction book worlds. Uh, this past week uh, so the Hugo Awards which are basically like the one of the most prestigious awards that fantasy and sci-fi books can get they're given out at this convention called Worldcon that basically moves from city to city every year e each year places bid to hold Worldcon in their city and then if they win the bid they're then responsible for running Worldcon that year and facilitating the Hugo Awards so the controversy, I'm going to, this is a very complicated thing. We wrote about it on the, on the site, winteriscoming.net, if you want to read a more thorough breakdown of it. But the, the overall gist is that this year, the awards took place, or last year, the awards took place in Chengdu, China. It's uh, the first time they've ever been held in China. And there were some concerns about one, like people were protesting a little bit because of how the Chinese government is treating the Uyghur population over there. Mm -hmm. um, but also there were concerns about how the Chinese government's very strict like censorship laws could apply to something like Worldcon, which is, you know, celebrating fiction that's like pushing boundaries and stuff like that. 
Um, And lo and behold, the nomination data for the Hugo Awards was released this past weekend, and it showed some major discrepancies and weirdnesses and basically confirmed those fears that people had. Um, So the the biggest example from this is that some works and authors were mysteriously deemed ineligible uh, after it was shown that they had enough nominations to be like finalists. Um, And rather than explain exactly what happened, um, the person who is kind of the main point of contact for the Hugo committee, Dave McCarty, has been stonewalling. Uh, and basically has been falling back on this answer that just says, after reviewing the Constitution and the rules we must follow, the administration team determined those works slash persons were not eligible. Uh, to the degree that even people like Neil Gaiman cannot get an answer from from this person about why these works were deemed ineligible without explanation, without being contacted. Nothing. Um, Dan, do you have any thoughts on this before i dive into the specifics those weren't the specifics um no i think <laughs> well i just wanted to mention one or two of the specific works i think okay. it's interesting i think worldcon has been a big deal i mean for, for decades george R. R. martin often talks about worldcon yeah. he he likes to go they've been sure they've had a few scandals over the years there was sort of a Gamergate-esque um, blow up back, I think around Gamergate times, like 2015 or so, where there was like a faction yes. of Worldcon voters who tried to make sure that the more woke stories didn't get nominated and that got resolved. But um, these nerds just can't stop getting into trouble. Yeah, so that that last scandal you were talking about, that was the sad and the rabid puppies. And yeah, that was around 2015 to 2017, I think. Um, And that that was like slate voting. Like they had their slate. They were trying to they were basically saying all the woke books are getting appreciated and our books are not. uh, So we need to change that because clearly something's amiss. Um, But this is even more. I think concerning and like bigger of an issue. So just to touch on a few of the works really quick. Uh, So Babel by RF Kuang was deemed ineligible for best novel. And this, this was the big one because everyone in this community expected this to be in the running because it won a bunch of other major awards this year. Um, RF Kuang is the highly acclaimed author. She wrote the Poppy War Um, and Babel was just it received the third most nominations of any book and was ineligible without explanation. Um, And interestingly, this is a book that deals with social um, upheaval and colonialism and stuff like that. Um, So it's being speculated basically that a lot of the works that were deemed ineligible have to do with trying to appease the Chinese censorship laws. And Mm -hmm. the people connected to this have said you know, we weren't pressured by the government, basically. Um, but they stopped short of saying we did not take any preemptive steps to avoid <laughs> upsetting them. Um, the other really notable ones, so Jiren J. Zhao, which is the author of Iron Widow, 
was similarly deemed ineligible for the Astounding Award, which is the award for new authors. Um, mm-hmm. And she is on their website explicitly as being eligible this year for that award. Um, and mm-hmm. then probably the other biggest one is the Sandman, uh, which was nominated for its sixth episode, the sound of her wings. Um, and that was cut from the, the best dramatic presentation short form category. Um, and Neil Gaiman was unhappy about this pretty understandably. Uh, we all liked the Sandman here. So it's sad to see that it was up for an award and was canned for no explained reason. Um, he has been kind of in the trenches being like, can you tell me specifically why this was disqualified? And for him, it's yeah, not even it. about he wants awards. Like he emphasized that <laughs> an award for this show would be an award for all the people who worked on the show, basically. Sure. Um, and yeah, he can't get, couldn't get an answer. The, the person fell back on that same response we read earlier. Um So Neil Gaiman said, uh, this was on Facebook, this was happening, that this seems even more concerning than the sad and rapid puppy stuff, because at least then Worldcon was transparent about how they were trying to fix this and what the issues were. And Mm -hmm. here there are some very obvious instances that something is a mess and no one's talking about it. There was also some issues with the data. There was an odd cliff in the data that is very abnormal compared to previous years. There were some instances where the number of nominations exceeded the number of ballots cast. So like those sorts of things where it looks like books may have been cooked. Um, but yeah, that is the the very broad overview of what happens. Um, this part of the issue is that there's no organizational overview for the hugo awards and Worldcon. it's like once a city wins the bid they basically have all the responsibility for just how to run all of it uh they have a constitution from the the wsfs which is the world science fiction society that they are kind of like expected to abide by but there's no way to enforce that so (laughs) here's a an example where yeah uh they basically cave to local laws it looks like and that is something that the Hugo Awards and Worldcon now has to really consider when they are picking what cities to go to in the future, um, because there are other other countries that have strict laws like with LGBTQ plus people sure. and literature like Uganda is up for the bid in 2028. John Scalzi talked about this on his blog and they have some very strict laws. And if they pre- put pressure on the the hugo awards if they were held there there's really nothing that could be done about it and that's kind of what it seems like happened here so yeah that's the gist it's really interesting um i have a question and i have a comment um i'll do my question first okay uh so if the kind of purported reason people are raising as to why some of these stories that if i understand it should have been Mm -hmm. on the nomination list, but for some kind of zaniness, like um, the mm-hmm. book you mentioned or the gaming episode. So if the explanation for yeah. why those aren't on there is because the Hugos were preemptively kind of excluding them for fear of uh, enraging Chinese censors, what's the proffered reason for excluding the Sandman episode? Because I love that episode. That's episode six. That's where 
Sandman meets his bestie yeah. and then walks out the sister death. Like I can understand maybe looking at a book like Babel, was it called? Um, and thinking yeah. like, okay, this is about down with authoritarianism. Chinese government could be considered an authoritarian government. Maybe they won't like that. So we'll say no. But like what in the Sandman episode was supposed to be, does anyone have an explanation for why that would be excluded? No, no. Okay. So you are what you are saying right now. Neil Gaiman basically said exactly what you just said to this person who's, again, the main point of contact, the only one answering the emails and comments about why this happened, who helped put the data together. This guy, Dave McCarty. Um, Gaiman said exactly what you just said. Like, what was it about this episode of The Sandman? Was it, you know, that there were diverse characters was it its view mm -hmm. on on death like did that offend or something like that and the, the, the person basically was it we don't know they didn't answer they they fell back on that exact copy paste answer that i read earlier which was after reviewing the rules we must follow the administration team determined it was not eligible and they just keep repeating that no matter how the uh -huh. questions are phrased and if even Neil Gaiman can't get an answer, and he's been involved in these awards in some capacity for like almost 40 years, um, which is just like kind of wildly disrespectful, in my opinion, that he asks this and, and is being kind of just like shunted aside, like, I don't need to answer you on this. Uh, but yeah, that that's part of what makes this so confusing, because there are things like that sandman episode that were you know it's not really clear what caused it to be disqualified you can't even infer like with Babel, like you said we can make some inferences the author as mm -hmm. well basically in her response said she assumes this is a matter of undesirability as in political mm -hmm. undesirability rather than that it actually was not eligible um so yeah until someone the way this comes off is that there's either a situation where they basically that it seems like they're afraid to explain exactly what happened or they don't feel that like mm -hmm. their colleagues in China maybe are safe enough to explain explicitly what happened. And it's hard because sure. right now all we have is speculation, but unless they say things clearly, like that's all we have. So right, right. does that answer, does that yeah, answer your does. question? <laughs> I mean, it, it does. I mean, the answer basically is, and we don't know. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't want to talk too much about it because we're running low on time, but just to confirm really mm -hmm. quick, like, so those things should have been nominated because I don't really get the voting process. I don't need to understand the voting process, time, but like these things should have been sure. nominated. And the only reason they wouldn't be is because someone put their thumb on the scale, right? Yes. So they were nominated. So that's what Ew. that's why it's so confusing, because the data that came out shows what people nominated. The nominations come from the membership of the con. They mm -hmm. all cast their votes for what they want to see on the ballot. And then however many top ones go on the ballot. And basically the data showed that books like Babel or Jiren Jie Zhao as the, mm -hmm. the author or uh, Paul Weimer, who's was up for best fan writer, they all would have been finalists in their gotcha. categories. 
and then they were deemed ineligible. So they got okay, the votes okay. to, to be finalists. So that's why it's such an issue. It, it is it's very interesting clear that someone of, put their thumb on a scale. You know, because like people in, in, in the community, authors and people who run these kind of organizations want to be multicultural and embrace other parts of the world. Yep. But yeah, the reality is if you go to a country that has incredibly strict laws about, for example, LGBTQA plus behavior, you could put authors in danger. You might not want to, because I know that a lot of stories in at Worldcon are about social issues these days. So you might exclude, yeah. for example, stories that are about injustices suffered by gay people, or uh, absolutely, yeah. or be be inclined not to nominate them. But you also want to expand the reach of um, the awards and uh, be seen to be embracing other cultures but what if the other cultures are bigotish um it is a difficult situation and it yeah. sounds like they're in a dilly of a pickle yeah you hit the nail on the head i think um and this is really the first time that the convention has really had to deal with this in this explicit of a manner um mm -hmm. i was at the one where this this convention won its bid basically it was like a few years ago and that what you just said was like one of the main arguments for why it would be great that it would be over there you know so that worldcon isn't just in western countries it's a convention sure. that goes everywhere in the world um but yeah this is a, a bit of they have to also consider the realities of what that might entail for people um so yeah, that's the gist. If you want more information Ooh. about that, go read the article on the site that, that's a little more detailed. Um, but let's move on to happier times and talk yeah. very briefly. Uh, what are we? What are you watching, Dan? And what yeah, are all you watching? Tip what we're doing. Same stuff. I'm watching Percy Jackson. I think it's fine. The show is very darkly photographed. It's fine. Um, it's nice. It's good. It's pleasant. It's fine. I love reading the Reddit comments because they hate it. People over there in the Persian subreddit, they mm. hate this show. And it's consistent. I thought the most recent one was pretty good. One of the better ones. It's been nice. I enjoyed it. Um, I'm not sure that show is going... Well, apparently it's gotten decent ratings, but I'm not sure it's going to make a big cultural impact. It feels like it's been a little too mild in reception and a little too split. But it's been nice. I like it. I'll watch the finale. I'm watching True Detective Night Country with Jodie Foster and Callie nice. Rice. That's been fun because Jodie Foster is a celebrated actress. She's been signs of the lamps. And um, <laughs> now they're in Alaska and it's dark and spooky and there's a big clump of dead frozen scientists. And uh, it's fun to figure out who killed them. And the previous yeah. True Detective creator, like, badmouthed the new show, the new season. He's not involved. That's pretty I saw. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep, throwing shade on Instagram. Um, How about you, Dan? What are you? That's watching? cool. I'm glad that. So I've been watching this show called Slow Horses, which is on Apple TV Plus. Oh, it stars Gary Oldman as kind of. It is. It, it's great. Yeah, it's a, it's a spy thriller type of show about kind of internal politics in MI5. Gary Oldman is like this kind of washed up. Uh, he kind of runs this division, the slow horses. That's like where spies go when they're put out to pasture, they end up in his mm -hmm. squad. And he's like this alcoholic 
farts a lot on screen. His, his the amount of farts Gary Oldman does in that show is like a running joke of the show. Um, but but he's amazing. Uh, so that's been really good. Um, and aside from that, the other thing I just watched that I loved is The Creator, um, which is a sci-fi movie directed by Gareth that Edwards, cool. the guy who directed Rogue One. It was really cool. It's a heavy movie. Um, I think especially with what's going on in Palestine right now, that watching the creator hits different because it is all about um, kind of this war between the United States and AI, basically. And it's specifically the United States, like going to New Asia, which has a more um, integrated view toward AI people. Um, and a lot of places get very shockingly bombed. Um, so it, it's a very heavy thought provoking movie, but uh, honestly, what we were talking about earlier about the streaming services with like franchises, like the game of Thrones universe and whatever, it was almost shocking, like a system Mm -hmm. shock to me to turn this on and be like, Oh, this is just an original story. That's it's not based on anything. It's just so an original cool. story that's really good with really good actors and effects. Um, so yeah, I would definitely recommend it. It's on Hulu right now. I remember seeing the previews for that and being like, that looks really cool. And then I'm part of the problem because yeah. I fully didn't go. And it fully just sort of kind of Same. came out and then shut down. But I remember thinking like, that looks interesting. I I should support yeah. non-franchise uh, tentpole movies we all should we all should um we all some, should we yeah. all should some commenters saying that they're none of them are really loving percy jackson they're kind of giving up halfway through eh, yeah it's i don't blame you it's fine um let's see what yeah. else nicole liked the concept of the creator but thought the execution of them could have been a bit better which yeah i can see that although man I do give anything like that just points for novelty nowadays because you're right i mean even if yeah. it's not like maybe fully on everything it tries to do, at least something different, at least in another Star Wars movie. Um, I'll try and see that yeah. one sometime because I thought it looked cool, but I it, did not actually watch it. Yeah, if you've got Hulu, it's worth the the couple Hulu. of hours. And also they made it on a budget of like 80 million. It looks great. It's mm-hmm. got great, like really striking special effects. I do agree a little bit about the uh, whoever said so uh, cool. Nicole, the execution of the of it could have been a little better. Um, it is a heavy movie all the way through. So there's like tonally, there's not a whole lot of uh, variety. Like it can mm-hmm. feel a little dour by the end. Um, but I, like you said, the novelty of just seeing an original movie with like really great acting. Like at, at one point I was like, what am I watching an HBO genre show? Like the acting in this is great. And I'm so used to like, if it's sci-fi or fantasy in the movies, having it be like kind of marveled to your acting, which is still really yeah. good, but it, that's different than like, you know, like someone's clearly putting their soul on the screen. And, and that came across in this movie, I think with a few of the actors. Where's um, my pop culture so yeah. quip? No one's made a pop culture quip in a few minutes. Come on, get on this to the creator. Right. Sounds cool. Uh, should we wrap this puppy <laughs> yeah. up with a Wick News lightning round? Let's do it. Um, so time for the world famous lightning round where we go through 
all of the news stories we didn't have time to get to in the main show uh, with mm-hmm. 20 seconds. Otherwise, we are buzzed into shame and infamy by <laughs> producer Richard. Yeah, that's the sound. Dan, you are going to go first this time. You ready to begin the lightning round? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, so Avatar, The Last Airbender, the live action remake on Netflix, it dropped another trailer. Uh, what did you think of it, Dan? I liked it. I'm looking forward to this thing. Um, I love the original show. I think it's a great uh, series after uh, Last Airbender. The live action remake looks like they're walking that line where they're faithful to it. Everything looks kind of one to one, but they have enough of a, an idea of where to separate that it could be a good kind of melding of the two um, styles. I hope it's yeah. good. It's coming soon. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll be watching. Hey, Daniel, um, here's something about yes. The Witcher. There was a leaked audition tape for The Witcher season four that indicated there's going to be some kind of meta shared universe storyline in the next season. And work has already begun on the fifth and purportedly final season. Yeah, a lot going on in Witcherville right now. Uh, So the thing with Mm -hmm. the meta storyline is this audition tape confirmed a character uh, named Nimue who you might recognize the name from Arthurian Legends, uh, is going to be in this season. And she is in the book this season is based on, so that's all accurate, but it does confirm they're going to get into multi-world shenanigans from here on. Um, and yeah, season five, they're writing it. Um, so uh, speaking of cinematic universes, uh, Deadline says that M- Max uh, is open to the possibility of developing more than one idea based on Harry Potter. So what does that even mean? Of course they are. They want a Harry Potter cinematic universe. They want multiple shows about Harry Potter, about Hermione, the later years. They want, you know, the the Weasley sitcom. Like they want it all, I imagine. I don't know how far they're gonna go, oh. but um, they're they're making a Harry Potter TV show. It 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 it, it will probably happen, even though they announced it too early. Um. And yeah. we'll see what where it goes from there, man. It could be wild. Uh, Daniel, here's a bit close to your heart. Uh, the original screenwriter yes. of Jurassic Park, David Coep, is returning to write a new Jurassic World movie. Could come as early as 2025. Will you be there to see the first Velociraptor on the space station? I mean... Of course, I'm going to see it. I, I've seen all of these movies. I do love Jurassic Park, and I enjoy the Jurassic World movies. I The the eternal milking of this franchise feels a little <laughs> sad to me, because like the original Jurassic Park, like Michael Crichton's book, like he had some profound thoughts in there. And yeah. at this point, we're just like, it's just franchise. We need to make more money, uh, put on more dinosaur suits actors. Yeah. Uh, the best version of that is, is like the oh, sorry go, go ahead you're right you're right, right. Go ahead. oh no i want to hear the joke dan tell me the joke the the best example of the franchise degradation to me is squid game being a show about um like people desperate for money participating in a like self-immolating game show for the entertainment of billionaires and they make it like a real reality show version of it that's hysterical but okay go on that is the the gold standard for this as a cultural business uh, mm-hmm. uh, problem. Um, so happier news. Invincible season two, part two has a release Ooh. date. Uh, yeah, it's premiering on Prime Video on March 14th. 
look, I'm happy. I like this show. I want to see more. What took so long? Why was the season split up? Why are we getting four then, four now? Something weird went on. Maybe because they're making it like old school animation actually took longer or something. I don't know. Something happened because it just didn't make it was a strikes. I don't know. It's coming back in March. Good. I'll watch it because that show is solid. Awesome. Okay. Nice. Uh, Daniel, the television show Daredevil Born Again is resuming production. Sounds like a straight up continuation of the Netflix show. Uh, the actors who played Foggy, Karen, and Bullseye are all coming back. So is the guy who played uh, the Punisher, uh, as is a stunt coordinator. Good news? Bad news? I think this is great news. Um, Daredevil season three was really good, and it left a few really big cliffhangers and, and did some really good setup, like with Bullseye as a villain. Um, I was sad it got canceled. I think doing an actual continuation of the Netflix Daredevil show instead of like a legal dramedy sitcom mm-hmm. with Matt Murdock is just by far the right choice. Sure. Um, plus all those actors coming back is exciting. Um, oh, s- speaking of Squid Game, yeah, uh, Netflix confirms that Squid Game. Squid Game season two is coming out sometime this year. Cool. We've waited a while. I was the was the first season in twenty twenty one or twenty twenty two. I forget. I but so. it came out and it was great. I already described what it is. So I don't have to do that anymore. Um, we haven't heard a lot about it, but if it's going to come up the next season, I this year I will definitely watch it. Where does it go from here? More uh, children's games, more social commentary that will get misunderstood by Netflix from something else. We'll see. Um. Yeah, hey, Daniel, probably. and our final one, us along with some fire author, George R. R. Martin's Minions reveal the artist of the 2025 Song of Ice and Fire calendar, Eddie Mendoza. And here's the cover. Starfall, probably yep. in Dorn. Yeah, so the, the Song of Ice and Fire calendars, they're always gorgeous every year. Uh, they always have stunningly beautiful artwork. This one has places like Skagos and Karth. So we're getting some places we haven't seen in the calendars before. And yeah, if you like the calendars, uh, the new one's on the way. You can pre-order it now. Looks gorgeous. And that's our show, everybody. Thanks for sticking with us. I know we went a little long, but we're, we're, we're just that passionate about talking to you about these things. Thanks for your comments. Love the comments during the lightning round. You all have some great insights. And we will invite you back to join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time on the Winter is Coming Facebook page and also the Winter is Coming YouTube page. Also, download us wherever you want to download podcasts, Google Play, iTunes, elsewhere. We're in a little long, so I'm wrapping up quickly, but thanks for watching, everybody. Um, Come back next week. Hang out with us. Good night, good luck, and may the fourth be with you. Why not? Bye. Take care, all. This podcast is brought to you by Fansighted. Join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.